Welcome to the L Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Kopko. This podcast is all about navigating the big L, life. It's all about learning and growing together. So let's go. Hello, everyone. So today we have a guest that honestly, I'm I'm sorry it took this long to have you on, Ginger, because I've like, we were one of the first people that I wanted to have on. But today we have Ginger as our special guest. And I've had the pleasure of working with Ginger in the past. And now I consider her a really good friend. So thanks for joining us today, Ginger. For having me. It is an honor to be a guest on your podcast. Yahoo. So to kind of introduce yourself to our audience, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, Liz and I know each other because of the diabetes world. I have lived with type 1 diabetes for 25 years, and I write books and articles and make videos about diabetes. Um, I live in Vermont. I love exercising, walking my dogs, telling my kids to clean up their messes, and hanging out with my husband, and chocolate, and wine, and meatballs. I don't know. What else do you want to know? (laughs) I mean, you could tell why Ginger and I are good oh, friends. Homemade um, meatballs, just to be clear. <laughs> and so you mentioned that you write books. What made you decide to write a book one day? I honestly wanted to write books since the second grade when I learned how to string sentences together. And I used to write little series. Um, you know, it was like, it felt like they were pages and pages long but they were basically like a paragraph but in giant handwriting you know and then stapled and I would draw a cover and I did like a series with every holiday but it was this girl who had too many brothers and that was my real life but it would be like some Christmas it turned out to be and it would be this girl frustrated with all the boys in the house ruining the holiday and I did that for like every holiday and then I had a series with my cat my dog like solving mysteries and uh I've just always, always had it in me to create stories, but diabetes gave me, diabetes is such a problem solving thing. It doesn't matter what type you you have. Yeah. You're just constantly trying to figure out how to make life more livable, basically. And I have a very problem solving brain. I don't like to ever let problems fester. I'm like, if this is a problem, I need to figure out how to make it not a problem. Right. And um, so when I was in my late teens in like uh, early college, I started working on my first diabetes book because I was trying to pursue powerlifting, competitive powerlifting. I fell into it by accident, got really strong really quickly, but I had no medical support because the doctor just laughed at me when I said I was training to compete in powerlifting and Six months later, I did set seven records in a drug-tested powerlifting meet, but I had no medical support. I was totally figuring out all on my own. And this is before blogs really existed. Like the boom of blogs was right at this time, kind of. It was just starting. So there wasn't a community. There weren't a billion resources like there are today. There were no CGMs. And so that's how I wrote my first book was teaching people the exercise science that I had learned and then tried to apply to type of diabetes. And so like, is that, is writing something that you've always kind of known that you wanted to do? Or is that something yeah, that I can't you felt like not write? I can't, <laughs> I have to always be writing. Like I can't not. Yeah. 
Um, so I I went to school for writing. Uh, I, I have a degree in professional writing. It's pretty broad, but you know, I was editor of a college newspaper and I did a lot of writing in high school and um, I just can't not write. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a fantastic writer. Like I've read your books, I've read your articles, I've had the pleasure of writing with you and like editing pieces together. So how do you then, you know, you're, you have this fantastic skill and talent. How do you leverage that to like leverage your worth when you're seeking opportunities? I mean, I think that when I go back and look at my first book, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I published this, right? Like I really <laughs> think the most important thing, if you want to, I don't know if this directly answers your question yet, but it's an important thing. No matter what it is you want to get really good at and develop that and be able to show people like, hey, I'm really good at this. I'm valuable to you. You have to start doing it before anybody is paying you to do it. If you want to be a better writer and people ask me that all the time, like, how do I get better at writing? I'm like, you have to go write and you have to show people your writing. You can't live in a little cave and be that cute little author in movies who's afraid to show anyone their content. You have to publish it and get feedback and you have to just practice, practice, practice. And so I've, I've had, you know, and I've created the opportunities to write so much over the last 20 years as an adult that I've just gotten better and better and faster and faster and better at speaking more efficiently and concisely and clearly. And, you know, you have to do it before anyone is paying you to do it a lot. That's a really great point because I think a lot of people wait until like, how can I make money off of this? Right. Like you hear, turn your passion to your career or whatever, but like, if you yeah. wait that long, then it's, you know, it's either not going to happen or you're going to get discouraged when they're not paying you like six figures because you think your book is going to go viral. Right. And it, it doesn't happen sometimes. On your book, your first book is not going to go viral. Like, I know we see these things in the news occasionally with that guy that wrote that crazy book. And but, you know, it's like it was first book ever. Yeah. Like first book needs to be rewritten. And actually I did rewrite, like it wasn't, I didn't go to that book and rewrite it, but my, my most recent book now, 15, 18 years later is a significantly better version of a lot of what I was trying to teach in my first book, you know, and, and it only thinks to practice and experience and continuing to learn, but it applies to anything, you know, like even making a podcast. I bet if you go back to your first podcast interview, like you learned and so your podcast interviews that you publish today are so much better just in quality and delivery and yeah you gotta yeah I I try not to go back and listen because for the same reason like how did I publish that but you're right like I'm proud that I at least started it and even if it wasn't the best like it's done so like now you can build up off of it because yeah you have to have the courage right to publish whatever it is before it's before you're a pro because you can't become a pro if you don't right build up right like mark cuban didn't become a millionaire on his first day at work billionaire whatever he is (laughs) more than me air (laughs) yeah (laughs) right (laughs) so you went from writing books and now you've launched a new youtube series so can you tell us a little bit about that and like what made you decide to do that it's not technically writing so no i mean so Fortunately, I have all this info in my head because I've literally published thousands of articles at this point for a wide variety of websites and in books too, right? And 
there. So thanks to the invention of Instagram and TikTok and all of that, um, I discovered that I'm really good at explaining things in front you of are. a camera and people <laughs> seem to like it. And I like to explain things without that, like, oh, when you go to YouTube right now and you type in like a topic, the top eight results are doctors reading a script and it just kills me. It's so boring and it's so <laughs> uninspiring. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, so I want to give people something different that gives you information, but isn't like this lecture and isn't so serious. And you can be talking about a serious topic, but it doesn't have to be a serious delivery. It can be fun and like yeah. using, you know? So I've, I've fortunately been practicing these skills before I was getting paid by anybody again, right? Like yeah. I've been making Instagram videos for my personal Instagram. No one's paying me to make that. I have done some for some companies too. Um, and that was practice that made me realize like, hey, I can do this on YouTube. Like I know how to do all the editing. I know how to do all the filming. I know what doesn't work. I know I can't read a script. I hate reading script. Um, so I'm really actually improving in my YouTube. I have bullet notes, but so much of the info is like stuffed in my head that I can improv. Yeah. Awesome. And so having this like new format, I think it's also important to know, like not everyone wants to read a blog or read a book. Like sometimes people need to just see and listen right. and having, knowing that like knowledge of who you're trying to reach and how you create that opportunity to reach them. I think that's, that's exactly what you're doing. And I'm really excited to watch all of your YouTube videos because they are informative and fun. And it's, yeah, those cold videos, they're boring. And like, I I'm focusing so hard on not trying to fall asleep that like, I'm not actually listening to what they're telling me. And so it's yeah. just like a waste of everyone's time. Yeah. And oh yeah. Find me on YouTube. Diabetes nerd. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah. And that's a good point though, is people need content delivered in different ways. And I really like, like shaping those different ways, you know, and like some topics you can't fit everything in a book or in an article, which is what always eventually leads me to being like, I have enough here that I need to put this in a book so that it's all in one place for people. Yeah. Some people don't want to read a book. Some people would rather watch seven videos, you know? So yeah, it's that customizing. So what would you say to someone who's like, Ginger, there's Ginger already wrote a book on this. Why would I write one? Or there's so many YouTube series out there. Why would I want to start one? Because I feel like yeah. that's what holds a lot of people back. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely always room for new voices because the way Jane Doe is going to teach exercise with type 1 diabetes is going to be a little different than the way I teach it, right? And you might relate to her more, or you might like her voice better, or she's going to come at it with a different um, exercise history. She might be a marathoner. I don't run marathons. I don't teach how to run a marathon, right? I, I like teaching the how to approach any type of workout, um, but not the extreme, right? And so I just, I think there's always room for new voices because you bring your own, you know, it's just like actors and actresses and TV hosts. Like yeah. my husband can't stand Gail King and I really like Gail King, you know, but like, fortunately he can find somebody else to deliver the news that he feels like watching. Yeah. And I think even 
thinking broader of like representation matters, right? Like it's not just whether someone likes your voice or not. Like you have a beautiful voice. I would love to hear that. But having someone that maybe has an accent that speaks a different language, like having that variety and representation, like that's what you bring. And that's why it's so important that so many people, you know, follow that and do it anyways. My different lived experience. I can't speak to being an immigrant with diabetes or coming from a uh, Hispanic family with diabetes. You know, like there's just, you bring your own, if you let yourself, you bring your own personality and history to what you create and and we need a variety. It can't all be ginger, please people. Produce <laughs> other things. <laughs> uh, what advice do you have for someone that is looking to create their own opportunities before they get paid? Yeah, I think you have to approach it like with the professionalism that someone is paying you for it. And you need to get over this. Um, people are afraid to show what they're doing. They're afraid to say, hey, yeah, I wrote this. Come see it, you know? And so like I use LinkedIn a lot for any article I write, I put on my LinkedIn profile. Any book is on my LinkedIn profile and I share it. Several times a week, I share things and tell people, this is what I made. I do the same on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, you have to be able to show people what you're working on. And that's, I think, the big hurdle for a lot of people. Um, but then just, I, so like when I'm working on a book, for example, I'm and I'm like, okay, I really got to get this book out. And this could be applied to any kind of big thing that you want to start. I get a little calendar going and I make a little rule that I've got to touch the book every day. And that could just mean I open the document, I write one paragraph. But I know chances are I'm going to write a page, right? At least. And yeah. so if I just make contact with it every day, then I get over that hurdle of it being this big thing that I've got to like produce and it's going to take so long. You just got to do it. When I hear someone has been working on their book for two years and I want to say that is too long. <laughs> like the, When you're like putting this book on a pedestal, whatever your project is like, Get it out there, right? And touch it every day and work on it and set a deadline because if it's lingering for years, you're not taking it seriously and you're not, you're not like producing anything, you know? Yeah. And I want to circle back to you said that you had made, you created content like for companies. How do you know when to kind of seek that paid opportunity or when do you know that hey, this opportunity might be something that get, I'll get paid for eventually. Hmm. I think that goes in two ways. One is pitching yourself. So, you know, go to those companies that you want to produce something for and find the right person. LinkedIn, again, is great for this. You know, go into the company, look at the job titles and approach that person um, professionally and respectfully and introduce yourself and say, I'm available for this and I love producing this and look, here's what I've already produced. Uh, but also by simply a lot of, you know, I'm a freelancer. So a lot of how work has come to me is because I'm talking about the work I'm already doing online on LinkedIn. And so there, I'm not saying, Hey, hire me. Look at the article I just wrote. I'm saying, here's some worthwhile content. Come read it. And people who need that type of content or those skills are seeing that and then reaching out to me. So it's, that more subtle way of pitching yourself is just by showing what you're doing. 
Yeah. And no one's going to hire you or publish your book if they don't even know you're writing a book. Right. They can't tell that you even, um, so one of my books, I didn't self-publish. Most of my books are self-published because the whole book publishing industry is so frustrating um, and controlling. And then once it's published, they just abandon you. And then you're doing all the marketing work. And it's like, well, why didn't I just self-publish it in the first place? But the one book I did publish with a company, they approached me and said, hey, it looks like you enjoy writing books because they're looking at Amazon, right? And they're seeing like, oh, she likes this because some people get hired to write a book and they hate every second of it. Yeah. And so it's a one and done and that's not who a publisher wants to work with, right? So simply by pumping out those, you know, my first books, I'd say were just certainly more amateur, but that is what that company still saw. And I'd say they helped me write my first more professional book that I'm really proud of. That my first two books, I, I kind of set aside as there, I get people <laughs> thanking you for them, but to me, they're like, oh, I, could, I would do it so differently if I did it today. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have more knowledge because you kept practicing and kept doing it. Right. Yeah. And what final advice do you have for someone who wants to just start creating opportunities for themselves that they're tired of either looking for jobs that are a perfect fit for them or they mm. just want to do their own thing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of work. I call it the hustle when you're self-employed. It's that yeah. hustle of looking for work and staying on top of it and then doing the work once you get it right. It's um, but if you're choosing a field that you're really passionate about, I think that's a critical step. Number one, like you've got to really be excited about it. I love producing stuff on diabetes. I think about it when I wake up, you know what I mean? I think about it at 2 a.m. Like, oh, I need to write that down. I'll forget it by six. And so if you've got something in your head, that's bubbling like that, chances are it's a good thing to pursue. Right. Um, yeah. but I think, you know, especially if you're in a job field right now that doesn't inspire you and you really want to be over there doing that, mm -hmm. go take a risk. I mean, you know, I'm not saying quit your job necessarily, but yeah. go start talking to those people while you're also working on the skills. That, so you have something to show them, you know what I mean? go jump over there. And it might mean taking an entry-level position, but you were higher up in your previous career field. Yeah. You got to take some risks. Nothing good really comes from playing it safe, right? It's like- That is true. Yeah. Yeah. If I hadn't, if I had played it safe, I probably never would have met you. So- right? Yeah. You were in a yeah. totally different line of kind of science, right? Yeah. And and lucky us that you like kind of jumped over to this totally different type of work, still using your science brain, but in a really a different way. Yeah. Yeah. You never kind of never know where life's going to take you. So you just got to take those risks. And then on the side, you're producing a podcast. And I mean, like that reminds me of work that came my way once because um, I I had this older YouTube channel in my 20s before there was yeah, a lot you did. of yeah and it still exists it's really silly and I was like using a bed bath and beyond light this is before ring cameras existed I think it was filming with my computer but I learned how to edit videos because of that right in my 20s but I got approached by this company that needed someone who understood diabetes and was comfortable on camera to do this and I have a cognitive coaching training so they needed all those random things 
they found my really silly YouTube videos from my early 20s and yeah. and me because of that. So like someday somebody Liz could come and say like, we are looking for a brilliant Latina who's really comfortable on camera or podcast and interviewing skills. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, she's already been doing this for five years. You yeah, know? let's pay her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know. And it's because you're pursuing it on your own and you're treating it as a job. You produce very professional marketing and the published thing itself. And, you know, like you're treating it like someone's paying you. And yeah. down the road, that could create other opportunities. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about your books, your writing, and just your awesome videos? <laughs> Please find me on YouTube at Diabetes Nerd and gingerviera.com. And you can find all my books there. And I've put nearly every article I've ever written at gingerviera.com broken up by topic. There's type two and pregnancy and research and type one and technology. And yeah, I'd start there. <laughs> find me on Instagram. Just Google my name, I guess. Find me. Uh, and I'll make sure to put all this in the show notes too, so people can find you. But thank you for joining us. I think this is really helpful to not only give people like tangible things that they can start doing, but also I think motivate them that even if you're not getting paid now, you might be in the future. Like you just have to keep at it. So I think you are a perfect example of that right now. Oh, thank you. And your YouTube series is great. So everyone should go check it out diabetes nerd and hopefully we'll we'll see more of it to come awesome. thanks ginger i hope this episode was helpful and if it was please share it we can all use a friend that gets us and that's there for us so thanks for listening and i'll see you next episode